Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to the Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode where we're in the uh, the beautiful, enjoying the beautiful English weather at the moment, sitting outside, and I'm joined by a young gentleman by the name of Kyle Stevenson. Hello, Kyle, how's very, it going? <laughs> very warm welcome to you. Thank you. Um, and Kyle's going to be talking to us today from a, dare I say, a young person's perspective about um, what he what he terms. I want to know about life and labels. So do you want to start us off, Carl, by uh, telling us the uh, the background behind that title? Well, it's a good question from the start. Well, just just to give you a prompt, I mean, on on sort of one or two of our previous conversations, we we've yeah. had well, we've had many chats, haven't we, about you know, particularly this perception of the world through the eyes of a young person and um, an older person, uh, dare I say, as a generalisation, and that big gulf between the two. That's it. And, you know, more specifically, labels that are given to, you know, we hear from the older generation, well, the problem with today's, all the young people nowadays do this or do that. And then conversely... From the um, from the point of view of the um, the young person, well, the problem is the older generation they don't understand. Mm. And there's this big gap in the middle, isn't there? Definitely, yeah. There is a noticeable generational gap. Um, I think I think it's quite easy to pass blame onto different generations for certain reasons. I mean, my generation would argue that uh, the boomers, as they called, would. Um, have destroyed the economy and housing market and so on and so forth but they're the boomers um, argument could be that um, my generation are lazy they don't want to work they're too entitled and I think it's it's quite easy for any generation to look at a different generation and think you're this you're that when in reality it's I think it's circumstantial and times of always changing and evolving um, I think that you, you've got to be you, you've sort of got to, got to adapt to your surroundings and that's in any aspect of life financial social technological so I don't think that you can I don't, I don't think you, it's it's right for any any one person to look at someone else and think you're this just because they're different to you mm. But it's a trait of human nature, isn't it, that we, uh, for our own comfort and our own ease, we we just stick labels on situations and people, and we Definitely. put them in boxes because it's easier. It's not about them, as it's about us, and it's it's part of our ability to cope by just you know putting an older person and stereotyping yeah. that he or she belongs there because they are of a certain age or a certain colour or a certain belief or whatever that that label may be. Yeah. Um. I think a lot of the time it's in a negative light if you're giving someone a label more often than not it reflects on yourself as a character um, it 
it will make you look like you're having trouble in your life and you need to express that in a way of degrading someone else yeah it is that projection isn't it you yeah. know invariably when people talk about anything really and it's it's more about a reflection of who they are and what their beliefs are Definitely. and what inner inner stuff they're carrying rather than actually the person they're projecting it on and i think this is a classic case of that dare i say this young versus old dichotomy where yeah. You know the the youth of today and then well, the older generation of today and it and it is that projection, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, it's strange though because there's no in between. It's young and old, but there's got to be a middle somewhere. Mm. Um, it just seems as though you are you'd have middle-aged sort of people, so thirties, forties, all the way up to elderly people, all sort of targeting the youngsters. For their actions and how they because in reality it's the youngsters that do push how the next sort of generation is going to be if that makes any sense um mm. i think oh it's, it goes back to young people of the future obviously the elderly have sort of made their made their stamp on the world um they've had their time in terms of a generation i'm hoping this makes sense but um then you think the young people will always not not necessarily the young people I mean you'll have older people pushing technology but it's always going to advance through a younger age I think as time progresses and technology uh, and, and, and anything advances it's always going to be younger people that carries that torch yeah I mean I think I'd take a slight challenge on that Carl I wouldn't say always but where I do agree with you is they t they do carry a very very big torch in and I think it's a torch to use your metaphor that's not really given enough light or credit to yeah. because the younger generation do bring a lot of vibrant fresh new ideas innovative ideas mm. um in, in you know and, and, and a massive energy into the world there's no two ways and i'm from a personal perspective i'm not always convinced that they get the credit they deserve for that as a generalization yeah. globally um yeah i agree i think in in a way of trying to understand the targeting towards as young people i think um it sort of it sort of seems like we're looked down upon because we don't have that experience in life that maybe other generations do. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, the reality is, or, okay, well, let me ask it as a question rather than make it as a statement. Isn't the reality that actually, in terms of energy, which is what we are as human beings, yeah. everything in the world is, is energy, energy yeah. form, vibrational energy, um, and isn't it true to say that once you start taking these labels off of, you know, I am white young male or I am old black female, you know, I am this, she is that, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm. The reality is, from an energetic point of view, this universe, we are all one. We are, yeah. But we get that wrapped up, don't we, in our own self-importance. And this is where we embrace our friend called the ego, um, thinking that we are the only one that matters. and. You know, how does the outside world not understand me and my views because I believe this and I think that and I'm all important. But when you look at the universe in its entirety, we're, we're a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well that we're the only species that do that. And it's, 
it's not the ego that I'm what I'm trying to say is it's it's crazy to me that our species is obviously at the top of the food chain where we are the species that are controlling this world we we pretty much are in control of this planet and it's that it's the fact that the brain is such a supercomputer that obviously you do get downsides as well and it's I think people need to take a step back from their own self-importance and think it's not very natural mm. yeah and that taking taking that step back is crucial that is that's a very very good way to put things Carl that that realization that understanding actually that acceptance of who we are yeah you know who am I as an individual what who am I not who I think I am, who my ego tells me I am, because I've got that many labels from a young age that yeah. I was told I am this, you know, I am violent, I I am antisocial, I am aggressive, or whatever those labels, you know, and I've just thrown some out there that's, that was put on me from a, um, from a very early age. And of course, if you don't know any better, you carry them, mm. particularly when they're put on you from, from adults or people... You know, in positions of authority and yeah, definitely. Uh, because you think, well, adults know best. Mm. Well, mm, do they? <laughs> I think that's a bit of a problem as well. With um, going back to the authority comment, is who really has the authority to label you? I don't think anyone does. No, they don't. I absolutely agree. They don't. And there again, and you've touched upon it earlier on, Carl. That for me is about other people's insecurities and vulnerabilities that you know I liken it to this I've got a you know if I've got a a carton or a um, you know a bag full of labels or whatever yeah, that that are my labels yeah you know so it could be I've got a one of those labels in, inside my bag is called insecurity vulnerable um, fearful mm. and when I try and give you that label all I'm trying to say is I don't want this anymore because I don't like it. But you know what, Carl? You have, you it. have it. Yeah. Let me try. And, let me project myself and my fears and my vulnerabilities onto you. Yeah. It and goes back to ego, doesn't it? It's it's all ego. It's I think it's narrow-mindedness in my eyes. I think people need to start opening up and seeing that just because this certain person carries a label from society, they're not. Act they might not actually be that person. Um, I suppose you can link it to sort of allegations of celebrities because you might wake up one morning and see on the news that someone's allegedly done this and obviously it's going to be a celebrity because it's in the news but it, it might be totally wrong and that's coming from the point of view of the media controlling things but in reality society is exactly the same um, it likes to label people that maybe they don't like because well, it, it might not be right for a star. They might mm. just do that because they think, oh, that, that suits them. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just give them that label. So how do we bridge that gap then, Carl, between, you know, and let's play kind of devil's advocate, you know, between the young and the old, and it's certainly not as polarised and as black and white as that, but for the context of this conversation, you know, we are creating that very polarised picture. Um, so, but how, so how do we bridge that gap? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I think... I don't think it can come from one person's idea. Mm. Um, I think more people need to be aware of what's actually going on because it seems it it just seems normal in in the average Joe's eyes. It's just normal to think, oh well, this generation does that and that and that, and we're all arguing. We can't live peacefully together. Um, 
it's just a crazy world. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. I, honestly, I couldn't even begin to start to tell you how that's fixable. I think that not enough people are aware of the fact that I think a lot of people just accept, 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 and they don't think, oh, I can change something here. Yeah, you've used the right word there, as far as I'm concerned, Carl. Awareness. It starts with awareness, you know, and, and listeners have heard me say this so many times, almost, I wouldn't say on every episode, but it's, it's, it's interesting now, invariably we come back to this, or I come back to this referral of the very, very first podcast, um, Mastering Life is as simple as ABC, mm. with the A standing for awareness, because that is our starting point for anything. Yeah. You know, I probably need to start challenging myself about keep repeating the same stuff, but the simplicity and the truth is that everything starts with awareness. We don't know what we don't know. That's it. Is the reality. That is it. It's it's life, isn't it, really? You, you don't know that you're going to be born before you were born. And you don't know that you're dead when you're dead. It's awareness. Everything. I think, I think awareness is a, a bit more important than anyone would believe. I think it's, for me, Kyle, it is the importance of life. It is the importance because whether you want to call it awareness, whether you want to call it consciousness, whether you want to call it source, doesn't matter what you want to call it, the reality is without that awareness, we are just trapped in our own little goldfish bowl of self-importance. Definitely. That is the reality. You know, I I often use the, the metaphor of a funnel and if you can imagine that how the funnel's got its sort of big piece at the top and then it comes down into the spout what we are within our lower self which is where the ego presides a lot is at the bottom of that funnel piece we're in this very small constrained tight space with all this pressure of everything down on us and we feel so small and insecure and we live within our own confine definitely so if we go then up the funnel where it starts to open up we're into this much bigger space and that is the higher self the yeah, trick I was just is about to, say, yeah. to get out the funnel completely mm. and enter into consciousness or awareness where there's this infinite space and that is that you know and that is that energy where we kind of where we just float around and that is where the connection is not at the bottom of the funnel spout where we feel so constrained and pressured and you know, um, you know we've mentioned the word several times and it's not just down to the ego but the ego does play a very big part and so I think for me the trick is to raise awareness and actually switch that metaphoric funnel on its head yeah. and so that everything so that just drops out, out the bottom yeah. and it's back into the infinite yeah. awareness I don't want to I don't want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, but do you think there's any control? Do you think this is this is a topic that's being controlled? Massively. Yeah? Massively. I I do as well. Um, I think the 0.0001% definitely have that hold over how society are going to have to live, and they put us in that funnel, and we might not even know it. We own, It's a goldfish bowl comment again. We only know that world. Because mm. that's where we are. Mm. So, I think it might look a bit dangerous to that 0.001% that people are starting to become more aware. And because in reality, when people do become more aware, you get people like Guy Fawkes, you get 
activist and it's it's it, well it's scary in their eyes it's dangerous for them because they don't have that gr- grasp on society anymore mm. I think it's a fantastic point you raise, Carl. It's a phenomenal... And in fact, I personally would go as far as this. It's a life-changing comment that you've just made. It really is. Because... But I tell you this. The winds of change are blowing. And they are blowing strongly. I had a conversation just a few few days ago with um, one of my mentors around the way... um, And he's very, very involved with, with young young people that's his background as a as an educationalist and you know he there is there is a world movement because people are people have had enough yeah you know of the status quo you know when we look in the uk at the the toxic nature the the destructive nature of the knife crime that's taking young lives daily you know our cousins over the pond in america they've got massacres um, all the time, you know, the gun crime. Oh, you know, yeah. life is just being frittered away like confetti down a drain. Yeah, it's not it's not important to people anymore, is it? Because that's because we've lost sight of our values, what's truly mm. truly important. So just going back to your point, Kyle, about, you know, the the manipulation yeah. of the media, of the politicians, of people in power, it is for their own self preservation. But people have had enough and people are now starting to prod and poke the status quo to say actually we've been told you know my grandmother told my mother that my mother told it me i'm starting to question that now Mm. and that's what i love about the younger generation because they're not going to be constrained yeah i can definitely agree with that um i think in my eyes um older generations for me are more likely to just accept that this is how life should be and it kind of go, it go it, I can relate because, I mean, your typical life. You go to school, you go. To, you might go to university. You get a job. You work. You retire, and that's it. And why why should it be like that? Mm. Who's saying that it has to be like that? It doesn't have to be like that. But I think everyone's got this idea that you have to work. You need money to live, and it's not necessarily true. I think, you know, I mean, let's put that into perspective, Carl. You know, the, whether we like it or not, money is a key resource within our society. Will it always be that way in terms of, you know, a paper note or a, a mm. metal coin? I don't think so. I See, don't think so. That's, it's interesting because that's our society. So there must be societies out there that you think these small islands out in the sea um, with their own little tribes and societies, mm. the way they live must be absolutely incredible compared to ours because they're not caught up in, I dare say, Western culture. Mm. I, I suppose not Western because obviously it, it's all over the world, and it money's money's money. It, it it controls the world at this point. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think people should have to believe that that's the only answer it's absolutely not you know the, that old cliche money is the root of all evil it's Definitely. not it's not the root of all money is a piece of paper mm. it's it's just it's stuff it's thing but it's the importance that people give it yeah that's that's the misalignment as with the, anything 
yeah you know that's the power they give it you know i've got to do this and i've got to have five lamborghinis on my driveway and i've got to have a 10 bedroom mansion and a half a million pound rolex watch or whatever it is mm. why have you why exactly. have you got to have that because it's that conditioning that indoctrination and that is for me going back to that you know money is the root of all evil money isn't money is a, is a resource same as everything else but it's how we over over time have been taught to prioritize it over everything yeah. and, and that is part of the redressing balance and i think yet again you know the younger generation are starting um they're starting to challenge so much and i think it's a breath of fresh air personally yeah do you think so it seems crazy that so uh, however many years that society has been going that now is the time that people are starting to think hold up a minute we can change mm. the whole way that the world works mm. and do you think that's happened before i can you know from my research and from my own perspective i mean there's been revolutions yeah there's been watersheds there's been but i feel know, like um, I, I, there's something about this that it makes it makes me feel like it's more than a revolution yeah it um, seems like it's i, I don't think the can be a word for it to be honest it's it is a revolution but revolutions are usually smaller scale in my opinion i mean what we're talking about is if if everyone was aware then no one will be controlled and i find it crazy I, it is a, it, it is a revolution really but i just I, it feels bigger it's a global revolution and just to put your question in, in you know if I'm hearing you correctly Carl in some kind of context you know about have we been here before mm. not to my knowledge I think there's we're, we're, we're entering new territory now in terms of world evolvement I really do think I feel that you know when you've got somebody like Marion Williamson a most beautific soul running for office um, the democratic office in the 2020 elections in the states you know she's from a very strong personal development background she's not a politician per se but she's a great change expert yeah and i think that's the difference now we're talking not around necessarily around old school politics um i think the politicians this is the beginning of the end for them yeah i really do because there's a new movement and i'll say yet again instigated by this young fresh energy of you know we don't understand your rules we don't who says we've got to accept your rules yeah you know just because it's always been that way and that's not being disrespectful to the older generation no. but that is the that's the nature of evolvement where where people do actually question and i've used the word several times already but the status quo well hang on what why okay respect for getting us to this level mm. but maybe there's something even better and it's the younger ones that have got these this sort of the vibrancy and this 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 mind that says no 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 what else is there did you did you experience anything like this growing up because i think it, it just it's mind-blowing to me that it's my generation and it only seems it seems like everyone else is just going back to accepting they've just accepted and got on with life and it just seems it it seems crazy that it's only our generation that are sort of taking a step back and saying, "No, we're going to do things differently." Mm. Have you experienced anything like that growing up? On a personal level, uh, possibly, but also if, if you could 
if you were to step into my shoes, you'd be part of a generation that's sort of trying to change the way the world works. Mm. But was there anything like that when you were when you were the generation that's been not being targeted, but you were the generation that's saying, well, not when you were the youth, when you were youth, was was there anything like this that you can remember? There's any similar to it? Well, my level of awareness then, as a as a young as a young teenager, um, and my breakthrough was when I was 13 and a half when I attempted suicide, um, up at Dikidaidos, which is the old caves actually to where you know just around the, adjacent to where you are now, mm. where you work at the golf club. And what I had then, Kyle, to to try and answer your question is a breakthrough. That's something happened to me in that moment. Um, I remember it very clearly, even though it was all those years ago, over 40, yeah, 40 odd years, nearly 50 years ago. Um, I remember it very clearly. And it was five past seven on a Saturday evening, and it was the 23rd of March, 1974. Ooh. And as I sat there in the, the isolated caves, ready to basically slash my left wrist, something happened. And I jolted forward, there was a shudder down my whole body, and it was that realization. And obviously, as a kid of 13 and a half, that whose head's completely screwed yeah. at the hands of because of the behavior of his stepfather, the violence, and all the cruelty and the abuse that went with it, um, was this realization that, right, okay, I don't run from anything ever again, I fight now. So I became a fighter, yeah. And I term that now, Carl, to try and you know bring this round to your answering your question. From I was always different, always different. I never fitted in with anybody or anything mm. ever. From as far back as I can remember, I questioned everything. I was, you know, now I become a rebel with a cause. Before then, I was a rebel without a cause. I questioned authority and you know my mother and this. And, yeah, but why? Yeah. Just do as you're told. Children should be seen and not heard. Yeah, but mum, why? And then that usually cost me a good hiding. Because, mm. you know, in those days, you got a smack or a slap. And that's the way kids were brought up then. Um, so there was, I have, I've had this journey of challenging everything. And the more I've become aware, Kyle, of what actually is out there in the world, the more my confusion and pain from earlier years makes sense. Yeah. Because obviously I went through many years of darkness, through my addiction, through the violence that I'd been conditioned with, um, and that got me through at a, at a very, very crude survival level. But I had one thing in mind, that's to fight for the underdog, ah. to make life better for others. Because if I'm going through this pain, other people must be, and I'm going to sort it out for them. And I got myself into so much trouble over the years even into my adult life for, you know, sticking up for others and being judge, jury and execution. I'll sort this out. Particularly where I saw injustice or perceived injustice towards a woman or a child, then I would go in there and I would sort it. Yeah. So I've always, you know, from my level of acceptance of my vocation in life, and there's an old-fashioned word, vocation, is to, and I don't patronisingly use that term anymore, fight for the underdog, but I understand now the work I do and my calling in this human form, in this spiritual form, is to do that work and to raise awareness on this on this planet about an alternative way of being, which is essentially what we're talking about. Yeah, um, I think where you going back to where you said that you were different, 
because mm. you were a rebel with a cause. Mm. It's it's almost as if your you being different at that age then mm. is now what the majority of my generation is. Are they? Well, maybe not the majority, but I would say a considerable amount. I wouldn't. I, I, if you if you were that rebel with a cause now. I mean, you still are, really. Well, not not rebel. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll um, accept the label. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's not a problem to me. <laughs> um, I think if if you were that kid now, I think there'd be a lot of people in the same boat that are willing to have that label. Really, um, are willing to embrace the fact that they're different. And I think being different in my generation. It's almost as if everyone's trying to be different now. Mm. It's not like it's it's sort of like everyone, everyone's trying to be as unique as possible, and I think that's opening up. It's it's opening up society really. I mean, it's creating new cultures, and I think everything's just moving so fast that different is different. It's it's almost as if different is fashion now. Mm. But I think there's an inherent danger with that, Kyle. I mean, is it different for difference sake? You know, to me, there's two sort of extreme levels on this. On a micro level, as dare I say, as a young person, I'm going to be different, whether that means, I don't know, having pink hair um, or whatever it is. You yeah. know, I want to stand out. I'm going to be different. And that's fine. Yeah. If that's an individual expression, that's absolutely fine. But then on a macro level, to be different because I want to change the world. No, I think that's a different yeah, thing altogether. That is a good point. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it is for difference sake. Um, well, what I'm seeing, it's it's a bit saturated, and everyone's just doing it because they don't want to be a sheep. Yeah. But what I'm what I see from older generations is that people were very happy to fit in and be not sheep, but conform. Yeah. And now it, it's going back it's just crazy to think that my generation have been able to stand up and say nah we don't we don't like that we're, we're going to do something else yeah I mean there again uh, Carl I, I will challenge your generation because this prodding and poking of something better has been going on since the year dot mm. it really has you know there's pioneers in the personal development well, there's pioneers in life full stop yeah you know um when when you look at some of the game-changing people that have left the mark on this world, um, there are many. I mean, we could be here all day listing them. They were ahead of the time. They were visionaries. Yeah. They understood that they were here for a reason. Um, you know, Jim Rohn, the, the grandfather of personal development, as he's known, was a radical thinker. Napoleon Hill mm. wrote, um, you know, wrote his book in the 40s. Um it, it was groundbreaking stuff that people thought they're off their head so it's always been around I think what's becoming more and more prevalent now is the acceptance yeah. of okay where you'd probably got these isolated cases of real groundbreaking um, thought leaders for change now the younger generation are coming at it from a different angle they're still you know kind of focused on this change 
but they're coming from a raised awareness point of view is we want something different. We don't actually know what we want. Yeah. But we know we want something different. And it is that prodding and poking authority. But you've told me to do this, but why? You know, so for me, don't tell me to do, show me how and tell me why. I think that's perfect, actually, to say that we do want something different, but we don't know what. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's made me think. Because maybe it's not, you say that, the youth of today you really like that because they're the change they they want to see they want to be the change mm. but maybe it's not maybe we're the generation that says you can change it and maybe it'll be the next generation that say right we know how to do it now yeah and well it's evolution really isn't it it is evolution it's evolution of society yeah um, it is evolution and you know to go back to the statement that was made earlier on Carl you know we don't know what we don't know in terms of awareness yeah. we have to draw a line in the sand somewhere we have to start somewhere you know from from a personal point of view so many people give themselves a hard time you know well I should have done this I would have could have you know I'm in my 50s now I'm in my 60s I should be a multi-millionaire I should this I should that well you're not yeah you know and and so it doesn't matter if you've got that focus now to become that person that's fine you know and i think we have to be very careful about that would have could have should have yeah it's totally irrelevant you know for me personally they are words that actually don't exist in my vocabulary mm, yeah we've touched on this yeah the paradox is i've just used them yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, don't, I, I think you used them as an example though i did yeah um so it it's not something that you well like you say it's it's not in your in your vocabulary so but yeah it's it's, it's strange that that people see these figures that tell you you should you could you would not would I'd probably say could and should and it's like it's like when you grow up um, you going through school you're going through changes hormonally and mentally physically everything you're growing up and you're told oh you could do this you could do this you should do this and it's like why um it's going back to conforming what i don't think every kid should have to go to school i don't think that's how everyone learns mm. i don't think everyone should work a nine to five that's not how things work and i think people are starting to see that more now where it's becoming questioned why these schemes are put in place to funnel people through life it's sort of it's strange that it, it's it's made to seem like that's what everyone does but why and that's the big thing Carl, Carl you know so many people now uh, predominantly younger the younger generation as we keep saying are asking that question yeah but why mm. why mm. why don't just, and I've already said it, don't just tell me how to do something, show me, and then tell me why. And and that's true, and, and, and it's great because it's a breath of fresh air. The establishment don't like it. No. We've true. always done it this way, and we'll always do it that way. Usually that's a, a metaphor for self-preservation. Well, I've got a nice, cosy existence, and I don't need some young upstart like you coming along and asking questions. Know your place. And in my generation, it was children should be seen and not heard. I don't think that phrase is actually used, but there's still that kind of, you're only young, what do you know? Yeah, that's no, it. That, you know. That's 
that was going back to my point a long, well, a while back about experience in life and the generational gap. It's it's easy to look at. It's like me now. I'm I'm 21, and if if a 14 year old came and tried to speak intellectually to me, I mean, I personally would listen, and I'd I'd say I'd, I'd take a step back and actually hear what they say. But your average Joe would think you're only a kid and brush him off. Mm. And I don't think that's what people need to be doing. I think looking down on people because they have less experience in life than you is not helping anything other than your ego. Absolutely, totally agree. Because everybody, whether it doesn't matter who, you know, what label they've been uh, carrying over the years, and and they use this kind of almost cliched approach of young, old, black, white, gate straight, rich, poor, you know, and I use that as a sort of catch-all for, you know, for embracing diversity that, no, everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody, and, and more importantly, they want to tell it. Yeah. Now, some might want to shout it to the rooftops, to millions. Others might want to just have a quiet podcast conversation out in the beautiful English sunshine amongst themselves mm. for the benefit of listeners. There is no right, there is no wrong. It is what it is. But the point is, the commonality is, is everybody has a story and everybody wants to be heard it's a basic trait of human nature yeah because we love storytelling you look back at the tribal tribal evolutions and it was all about gathering around the campfires of an evening telling stories and yeah. entertaining and you know and 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 that's what we love to do but when does it where's the line between entertaining and educating i think the two go hand in hand yeah yeah, definitely, because the best way you can grab somebody's attention is to entertain them. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Um, going back to our generation, my generation being a breath of fresh air, I think with the development of the internet, I think that might have... that When I when I said that it's crazy how it's, it seems like it's my generation that's trying to change everything, I think it's a big help having the internet. I think that's that's the one thing in the past so many years that's really really changed and connected people because before you I mean when you were a kid how did you talk to someone that was 300 miles away well it was unthinkable you didn't exactly so now I think with people wanting to be heard it's easy to do that because people it's very easy for people to find groups that they should uh, groups that they can relate to and cultures that they want to be in very easily on the internet. Mm. I, I mean, this podcast is a prime example. Yeah. You know, it's got a global um, listenership, um, a prime example. You know, how could I reach people and, and form a movement with ambassadors in as far uh, uh, far away as New Zealand and um, Thailand and America and, you know, all over Europe? That's down to technology. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but there's a there's a big responsibility that goes with that as well. Oh, I mean, definitely. I think you know. it's it's dangerous. It well, it can be dangerous. It's not necessarily it, it can be used dangerously because where you get groups of people that want to be heard, you also get groups of people that well, it's kind of irrelevant, but sort of like terrorism and things like that. It's it's very easy for them to connect now and people people like I know politicians and these paedophile rings you see and stuff like that 
that's also a negative of the internet and it's connecting so it's connecting people but it's not always for the best but I do think as a whole the internet is is a very 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 useful tool mm. oh definitely but it brings us back to that kind of parallel conversation we had earlier on uh, Kyle around money you know money's not evil yeah it's the meaning we give it and how we use it that becomes just let's say less positive and it's the same with the internet a very 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 powerful medium but in the wrong hands yeah you know knives are useful for cutting our food that's true yeah they're the great tools but in the wrong hands they're destructive Definitely. and that brings nicely and i think as we start to draw towards a close now this thing called this dance with duality because for everything we have in life you know we have day so conversely we have night yeah if something is long by definition there must be something that's short yeah if somebody's rich by definition there must be somebody that's poor and these whole dualities these whole contrasts in life and we've actually spoke about that quite consistently on this podcast Kyle around the young and I will say versus old I mean versus is a bit yeah it's 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 not quite I, I understand what you're saying because this is where I was earlier trying to when I was talking about the generational gap it's it's hard to describe what we what it is we're actually trying to label it as but the clo- the the most accurate thing you can say is young versus old but then it goes back to where's the middle yeah the middle's called awareness ah ooh. Ooh. the middle's called awareness and Fair whether well. we're young old black white gay straight rich poor it is that responsibility we have mm. and i'm going to go back to to what I started on the um, to allude to the mastering life is as simple as ABC because mastering life knows no labels yeah the first point part of the A is awareness the B is the beliefs what beliefs have we got at this moment in where did we get those beliefs from well my mother told me okay that was your mother's belief coming from a point undoubtedly most of the time from a place of love and compassion and caring and protection and nurturing a good place but it's her belief based on her experience it doesn't make it right it doesn't make it wrong it makes it her belief and that's projected onto you and you know in the main that has been uh, you know a a good way for society to evolve as a general statement however i think we're reading we're reaching unprecedented thresholds now where that's not enough we're yeah. going beyond that it's getting a bit unpredictable isn't it you yeah can't. because this and the reason we t- we're flirting with something new now Carl, is there's so much pain and suffering in and people you know you look at your everyday life you know if, if you've got a niggle in your life how many times do you say or hear somebody say oh okay do you know what it's not ideal but it'll be okay mm. yeah. I'll, I'll put up with it yeah i'll put up with it why 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 just there we go listeners just to sort of prove the authentic nature of our podcast we've got um dexter the dog barking in the background um we've heard him before um so you know we've got this whole um this gap to be filled by this this thing in the middle called awareness because awareness is that space it is that open space yeah and i think the the you know to use the metaphor carl you know from that 
if we can be allowed to use that to young versus old so what's the solution the solution is we both from both sides the young and the old climb into this or climb out of the funnel and become embroiled in this open space of awareness and that's where the growth is that's infinite it's open it won't be constrained it won't be categorized it won't be pigeonholed it won't be labeled because that is the reality from an energetic point of view for each and every single living soul how do you think intelligence relates to awareness good question so are you asking me that if a person is more intelligent than another will they embrace awareness quicker possibly yeah i mean i feel like this is probably going to be a bit a bit of gatekeeping but i don't know if i mean no definitely definitely everyone everyone can become aware but it's i think it'd be harder to because if you if you went into a local pub now a typical stereotypical local pub loads of blokes and you and we we have this conversation with some of them I don't think they'd understand it. What I don't think the point we're trying to get across is that you can you can you can do what you want. You need you just need to be aware and you can get yourself out of this funnel. I don't feel like I think I, th- I feel like you do need to have a certain level of intelligence to understand that you can actually do that. I would reframe that and say it's a question of emotional intelligence because once we start rationalizing and putting things in our head we're open to the bully that's called the ego yeah and you know you said quite rightly at the top of this conversation Carl you know about the brain um, the mind being a supercomputer and and it is absolutely it is but at the end of the day it's a bit like we using a calculator it's not us and I think we get so trapped in this my mind is me no it's a key part of you but it's not you Hence the saying, tail wagging dog, because part of a dog is its tail, but it's not the dog. And similarly with our mind, it's a key part of us, but it's not us. us. Yeah. I think I want to take back, I don't think I got my point across with the intelligence thing, because personally, I mean, what is intelligence? Really, I I don't think, there's so many different factors in intelligence. It wasn't the point that I'm trying to get across is sort of how it's 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 got to be harder to for some people to understand that they can actually do what they want they can stop there it, it's sort of like typical 9 to 5 you get home and you you might have a moan and you say oh can't be doing my work and all this and it's like don't do it then and I think for certain people it's very hard to understand that you can actually just bin it and go and do what you want to do mm. so I don't think it is intelligence um, no it's I do not. I just I think that that well that was a label I, that was that was just a label to be honest with you um, I can't quite pinpoint what it is that I'm actually trying to describe it as but it's just that not everyone I don't think every any I don't think everyone can understand that they don't need to do what they're doing. But understand puts it in the realm of intellectualism. Yeah. The mind. I suppose, yeah. This is beyond the mind. What this is, and it's no coincidence, Carl, that this podcast is called Speaking from Our Hearts, because when people learn to speak from their heart, they're at another level. Mm. Whether they're, you know, got an IQ of 
160 or whatever, you know, a super brain is totally irrelevant. Yeah. Because it's not a question of intelligence as, you know, if I, if I heard you correctly in terms of how that will help you along the path, it's a question of heart and that emotional, that spiritual intelligence that realises that actually, you know, we are one. Yeah. It's, it's not an intellectual exercise and it never will be. It's that, it's that love, it's that compassion, it's that understanding that we are one. We're infinite, we are awareness, we're consciousness, we are source. Call it what you will, because that relationship is so personal and intimate that there is no right or wrong on that. Yeah. And for me, that's where it is. It's, there is no intellect, unless you want to study consciousness at a sort of, you know, as a university degree or something like that. I don't know if there even is one available. Um, but it, that is not what it's about. That no. is not how the world will change. No. And I don't think, I think a lot of people would think that you need to be more intelligent to be more successful in life. And no. No. That goes back to the whole money is the key to happiness situation. It, you don't, you, you can make your life perfect. You don't need, you don't need anything that you think you need to make, you don't need a great job you don't need a great education all you need to know is what makes you happy and that's how you get your happiness in my opinion that's that's all you need you need to find you you need to figure it out within yourself what what it is that you actually want in life and uh, fair enough if you if you want the whole six lambos and massive mansion and loads of money then go do that if that's what you want fair enough but I don't think that everyone needs to think that that's successful I think successful is, I, I personally think successful is a really bad word when describing someone I don't think well circumstantially I think you could say oh he's a successful doctor and that's fine but when you look at someone and give him that successful label people will think alright oh, he's well off he's rich he's got a great job and it's like no you don't need you don't need to do that and people do need to become more aware that they can be successful all they need to do is find find out how they want to do that and it's not that you need money it's you you've just got to find out what life you want and it might just be living in a one bedroom flat in london and not having a lot of money that if that makes you happy you're successful mm. absolutely and i and I'm kind of on the old 80-20 Pareto ruling, um, Kyle. I'm going to say 80% of that um, I embrace. The other 20% for me is that happiness is already within us. It's who we are naturally. But yeah. we lose sight of that. And part of that voyage of discovery is to, is to recover what's naturally ours. You know, as a newborn child, as a newborn spirit, we are peace, we are love, we are happiness. That's who we are. We're like a metaphoric blank piece of paper. Mm. But when, as time goes by, that blank piece of paper has a belief put on it. Somebody writes a belief, oh, you know, you are this. And then obviously as we go through life, there's another one, then there's another one, then there's... And by the time we get, you know, we've progressed into our teens, our, you know, through our adolescence, adulthood, you know, midlife, whatever, you, that piece of paper is, is like, is, well, there's volumes and volumes and volumes of yeah. the stuff. Yeah. How much of that actually serves us? Yeah, I think, you, yeah, you, you've hit it spot on. It's, it's, you, 
you're filling your life with so much and I think sometimes you just need to be a bit more minimalistic and just go for the go f- go for the things and beliefs and values that you want you don't yeah. need the rest of it get rid of it it's just stuff it's yeah. clutter that's it's it. distraction yeah. that's it and it usually 99 times out of 100 takes you down a, another uh, just let's say less favourable path yeah so uh, we, we've kind of come to the end uh, Carl so um, from a dear I say uh, and here's me putting a label now and, and, and a stereotype and a projection and all the things that we've spoke against. <laughs> so I can play devil's advocate. As a young person, what would your one message be to the world at this moment in time? Because when you listen to this podcast, maybe in five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you think, wow, did I say that? You might still have the same view. I don't know. Um, what would be that one message to the world from where you're sitting at this moment in time? I would probably say, and it, it it it's simple, but I would literally just say, do what you want. Don't listen to people. There's a lot of stress on young people, and um, you you get pushed through paths and paths and different alleyways and stuff. And it's from might be from parents thinking that they they're the best for you, and it goes back to the beliefs. Um, they try and make you. They they try and sort of define you before you can even define yourself. And what I would say is, what you want to do, do it. And that's that, that's literally all I'd say. Don't do anything you don't want to do. Sometimes you might have to, it's compromise. But in the grand scheme of things, just do what you want to do. Sim- and I like the, the simplistic approach because life is a very simple game. That's it. So um, so there we have it, listeners. There we have the uh, the conversation between myself and Kyle around the a little bit de- devil's advocate thrown in there, as I've said on more than one occasion, between, dare I say, the young and the old and the contrasting views. And it is the understanding, I believe. Um, and I know a lot of other people believe with this movement, this revolution, call it what you will, that's taking place of that middle ground called awareness or consciousness or source. So uh, Carl's given his impart at the end there on, um, you know, his, uh, his legacy leaving belief. And uh, I'd like to thank him for that. So, um, yeah, thanks, Carl, for the uh, interesting conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, as ever, listeners, uh, you probably know what hour I'm going to sign off. Um, and it's this. No matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Heart, helping everyone achieve results towards success.